So welcome to Regenerative in Medicine today. This is John Murphy. It's my pleasure to welcome to this podcast Dr. John Kellum. Dr. Kellum is endowed chair in critical care medicine research at the University of Pittsburgh. Dr. Kellum, welcome to Regenerative Medicine today. Thank you, John. Very nice to be here. So Dr. Kellum is an expert in kidney issues and also sepsis. Let us begin this discussion with your pioneering research in terms of biomarkers. Tell us a little bit about biomarkers and how it relates to kidney diagnosis. I think maybe it might be good to talk a little bit about the underlying need for these kinds of diagnostics. So kidney function has been tracked as the main way that physicians understand whether a kidney's been injured or not. So unlike the heart where we have electrocardiograms and we have biomarkers like troponin for the kidney, we just have measures of function. And not all injury causes dysfunction and not all dysfunction is caused by injury. And so we would really like to better understand whether a patient's had an actual injury to the kidney and whether that injury is potentially reversible or not. And we have other questions like why is the injury occurred? Is the injury getting better? Is it getting worse? And so the idea is to develop a series of in vitro diagnostics to answer these questions. One of the things that people need to understand, I think, from the outset is, is that although physicians would like a single test to answer all the questions, that's never possible. So we'll develop a series of diagnostic tests that will allow us to answer each of these questions. What's the status of this development? Right now, there is one biomarker test, which is a combination of two biomarkers, the tissue inhibitor metalloproteases 2 and insulin like growth factor binding protein 7, which are available, FDA approved for prediction of acute kidney injury. They are on a, in a test marketed under the name of Nefrocheck. There's another test that's FDA approved. It's KIM-1. It's not approved for clinical use, but it's approved for the pharmaceutical industry to use it for screening for diagnostic for nephrotoxicity in the development of biologic compounds. And so from that perspective, there are two FDA-approved diagnostic tests for acute kidney injury, one for clinical and one for drug development. We were involved in developing the first one that I mentioned, an effort check. We led the discovery and validation studies and worked with the companies to get that test commercially viable. So I believe there is some tests that predict recovery, some tests that predict pending failure and so forth. How does that sort out? So one of the next questions that clinicians have after they've answered the question a patient has acute kidney injury is, um, will it get better on its own? Two-thirds of acute kidney injury resolves within 24 to 48 hours, 72 hours at the outside. The remaining third doesn't get better, but some of those cases do eventually get better. And so clinicians really have a need to understand whether or not a kidney injury is going to get better on its own, in which case the treatment is to facilitate that recovery, versus it's not going to get better on its own. And those would be patients that right now clinicians can focus on to think about doing other things, trying to find a reason why the kidney injury is ongoing, for example. Is it something you know we haven't thought about clinically? Is it something that needs a biopsy to prove uh, should we be on a dialysis sooner? Then, once the patient has established kidney injury, there's another question, which is 
Will that patient ultimately be a chronic dialysis patient or will they recover from dialysis and, and have enough kidney function that they'll be able to sustain life without the need for dialysis? And, and having diagnostics for that indication would also be very important. Well, Dr. Kellum, tell us about the dual pathway technique that you're pursuing. I think that there are two tracks, if you will, for this kind of technology. The first is clinical application with existing treatment tools. So, for example, we're currently using the first test that I mentioned, the NephroCheck, on a regular basis to identify patients with early acute kidney injury so that we can manage them better right now. But there's a second utility of those tests, a second track, which is to facilitate the development of new treatment strategies. So we're also designing and running a series of tests of uh, trials with new drugs that can be utilized for the treatment of acute kidney injury. And those drugs are being applied to patients who are biomarker positive because obviously patients that are biomarker negative are very low risk for developing the endpoint and simply add noise to the clinical trial and unnecessarily put patients at risk for receiving experimental agents when they have no chance of benefit. And I think each of these technologies that we discussed will have that kind of dual pathway. So if we think about the recovery product, if you can predict recovery for a patient, that's obviously very important to that patient right then and there. It will change clinical decision-making in real time with the types of therapies that we currently have. But it will also facilitate new clinical trials which will be targeted to patients that won't recover on their own. So they need some treatment that will allow them to have a better chance of recovery. And we think the biomarkers for that indication will be just as important. Dr. Kellum, tell us what you've learned in the clinical space relative to these biomarkers. Well, that's a very good question. I think you do these clinical trials, you develop these tests from preclinical studies, and you never really know how they'll be used clinically and what you'll learn clinically until you actually use the test at the bedside. So for over a year now, I've been using this biomarker test at the bedside. And what we've discovered is that it's, it's really not a test of injury per se. It's a test that detects stress in the kidney. And the reason we know that is that there are both experimentally and clinically situations in which the kidney is not damaged, but it's been stressed. So for example, in cell culture experiments, you can use nutrient deprivation, which doesn't kill the cells, it doesn't injure the cells, but it makes the cells unhappy, if you will. It stresses the cells, and these biomarkers are expressed when that happens. So when I see these patients clinically with an elevated biomarker, I ask myself, why is this kidney under stress? And what can I do to alleviate that stress? If I've already done all I can do for that particular situation, then I'm going to use the test to monitor whether my treatment's been effective. If I haven't done what I think I need to do, then it's a way of prioritizing the care for that particular patient. So I think that we never really understood that as we were developing these tests, as we were developing predictive biomarkers. But the underlying biology is just as important as the statistics. And so we've learned a lot just by using the test at the bedside. Dr. Kellum, what's the future hold? I think where we'll eventually end up, if we go back 
25 years from now and we look at this era, I think we'll decide that it was the point in time when we switched from simply looking at crude measures of kidney function, serum creatinine, urine output, to estimate kidney health, to looking at a series of biologic tests that will really probe what's happening inside the kidney in a variety of different ways, and then target our therapies to maintain that kidney health. And we'll get away from treating organ failure to preserving kidney health. That's what I really think we need to do, and I, and I think we'll get there. That's an applaudable goal, and I congratulate you on the success you've had so far. Dr. Kellum, I know you also specialize in sepsis. Tell us a little bit about the most common causes. One of the reasons I got interested in acute kidney injury uh, from the start, I'm an intensive care specialist and sepsis researcher, and it was very clear from the start, really, that kidney injury was a major target of sepsis. And it makes sense because the, the kidney is, uh, like the liver, is responsible for clearing the plasma of all of the damage-associated molecular patterns and pathogen-associated molecular patterns and inflammatory mediators that get activated inside the plasma. And so the kidney really becomes a target. But I think what we realized with the research we've been doing over the last 20 years is that the kidney is not just a target of sepsis, but is in the causal pathway for outcome in sepsis. It's actually very hard to die from sepsis, even septic shock, without developing acute kidney injury. And renal failure causes a defect in the immune response. It causes a neutrophil dysfunction. And that neutrophil dysfunction contributes to lack of clearance of bacteria and other infections. And so sepsis causes kidney injury, but kidney injury also makes the sepsis worse. So targeting the kidney in the setting of sepsis may also provide a way in which we can change the outcome of that disease. Very interesting. Dr. Kellum, thank you for joining us today, sharing your pioneering research in both kidney issues and general issue of sepsis. We congratulate you on your accomplishments and look forward to your continued results. Thank you.